The New Orleans Saints are getting more and more polished on the offensive side of the football, but it's not just the running game that Dennis Allen wanted to build their identity around. I'll tell you what else the New Orleans Saints are doing right, and of course, give you a little bit of land yap here on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert and credentialed member of the media. You can find all the written work over at USA Today Saints Wire and CrescentCitySports.com. You can find me over at the Locked On NFL podcast every Tuesday and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. Very grateful to be here with you for another episode of Locked On Saints, and we appreciate you very much for being here with us as we continue on with our two days. We're going to be getting to your questions from our live show earlier today, including What's going on next at New Orleans Saints linebacker? We're also going to chat a little bit about the running back three position. The battle ongoing there has now began to thin. However, first, I want to dive into a conversation around wide receivers for the New Orleans Saints because the Saints have been doing a lot right over the course of practice so far over on the offensive side. And we know that a few months ago, when head coach Dennis Allen was named to that very position, He mentioned that they were a team that wanted to be able to build its identity on running the football and, of course, that fantastic defense the New Orleans Saints have put together over the course of time with Dennis Allen, previously a defensive coordinator. But there's something that the New Orleans Saints have been doing over on the offensive side that's very, very hard to miss when it comes to practices, and it's something that they're doing really right. And the thing that they're doing really right right now is that they're allowing themselves to build an identity around their passing game. New Orleans Saints wide receivers and pass catchers are getting a lot of reps. Before Jameis Winston ended up hurt and uh, missed the last couple of practices, he had over 60 passing attempts in the first couple of weeks of camp. You look at Andy Dalton and Ian Book, who have seen a lot more passing attempts since Jameis Winston has gone out. They're well above that. The Saints signed KJ Costello, a rookie, or not a rookie quarterback, excuse me, but an undrafted free agent at the time that he entered the NFL. And now that is, you know, spent a couple of uh, seasons with a couple of different teams and is now with the New Orleans Saints. He's going to end up taking a little bit of that workload as well, kind of lightening up the arms of Andy Dalton and Ian Book. So the Saints see what it is that they have when it comes to pass catcher. I broke down earlier today in our live episode just how different the New Orleans Saints pass catchers are in 2022 over the course of this offseason as compared to what we saw from them in 2021. We're watching can't guard Mike out there and prove that you indeed can't guard Mike. Taysom Hill has shifted over to his primarily pass catching role at tight end and is finding ways to thrive including diving leaping touchdown catches in the end zone. Deontay Hardy is leaving defenders in the dust, as is rookie wide receiver Chris Olave. 
Jarvis Landry is bringing that route running prowess that we knew that he would bring to the New Orleans Saints, but is also showing you that he can do a lot more to make sure that you're able to move the chains consistently in this New Orleans Saints offense in an offense that was near the bottom of the NFL last year in third down conversion rating. Then you look at some of the other guys that aren't at the top three when it comes to wide receiver or top four when it comes to pass catcher. Adam Troutman, somebody that has stepped up big time over as a pass catching tight end. Juwan Johnson continues to develop in that role, finding ways to find the field a bit more, bulking up so that he can see those run blocking reps, which will also keep him on the field for the pass catching reps as well. The the running backs coming out of the backfield, of course, Alvin Kamara, one of your perennial pass catchers there before last season had four straight seasons of over 80 receptions per year. Mark Ingram, somebody that was with the New Orleans Saints before he took off to head over to the Baltimore Ravens and then eventually the Houston Texans. He started to put together a pass catching resume of his own back in 2017, really developed that side of his game. And you can see that he has continued to emphasize that as his career has changed and evolved now that he returns to New Orleans. You can also see the other pass catching running backs in the backfield thriving so far. Tony Jones Jr. with a big 60 or so plus yard screen catch and run uh, that would have resulted in a touchdown in Wednesday's practice. Abram Smith showing you what he can do with the ball in his hands after the catch. Same thing with Divine Zigbo, who is, you know, doing everything over on the offensive side. The New Orleans Saints may be a team that wants to build its identity on being a physical running team and defensive-led team and all that, but they're showing you that there's something else there on the offensive side, and it's different. It's very, very different than what we saw last year. Not that the passing game was completely inept last year. The Saints just didn't throw the ball out. Remember, they were 30th in the NFL when it came to passing attempts, but you saw a lot of drops. You saw a lot of miscommunications, miscues in the passing game, things like that, and just a limit in terms of what they were able to do with the pass-catching options that they had. Guys like you know, uh, um, uh, Chris Hogan and, and, and Kenny Stills getting snaps at the position, this New Orleans Saints, just simply their roster is so much different. You look at the wide receivers down that you would consider at the quote-unquote bottom of the roster, guys like Marquez Calloway and Traquan Smith, who were starters last season. Dejon Dixon and Kirk Merritt, the two local prospects who have been producing big time in the passing game so far throughout the throughout training camp for the New Orleans Saints, and who can be clear and obvious mismatches. Dejon Dixon, due to his combination of size, stacking ability, and ability to be able to threaten deep. Kirk Merritt with his 4-4 speed that just jumps off of the field every time that he gets the ball in his hands, and the secure hands that you're seeing from these receivers. You're not seeing a lot of drops. You are seeing some, a lot of them coming from, you know, a a few players that are trying to scrape the roster at this point. But for the most part, you're not seeing drops from this team. You're not seeing plays get left out on the field. You're seeing solid production from this wide receiver core, from this tight end room, from the pass catchers all along this offense. Even an undrafted free agent out of Pittsburgh like Lucas Kroll is showing you that he can attack down not only the seam as a tight end, but those over routes that we used to see Jimmy Graham and Jared Cook run, the, uh, his ability to be able to attack the perimeter as well. This is different, and this is all positive for the New Orleans Saints. Now, look, what we're seeing in practice still has to translate out onto the regular, out onto the field, right? Uh, Dennis Allen spoke about it on Wednesday after 
uh, practice and his post-practice presser when he was sort of saying that, like, look, preseason and 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 practices over the course of training camp are both very important, but ultimately this game is about results, Dennis Allen said, and that you have to know what those results are in game speed and game action. Right now, the New Orleans Saints are seeing big results from their passing game, and there's absolutely no question about that. We're seeing it every single day, and we're seeing the consistency that's coming from it. Michael Thomas is a big part of that, yes, but it's not just Michael Thomas that's putting together the results when it comes to the passing game. So the Saints are doing a lot of things right over the course of training camp. We'll need to see if it translates over to the preseason. But there's a lot of reasons to be excited about what the Saints have put together so far, whether it be the roster on paper, the production in practice, and what's coming up here in the preseason. We're not going to see some of the big names in the preseason like Jameis Winston and, and Michael Thomas. We might not even see guys like Jarvis Landry in the preseason, but that's not going to stop the Saints from being able to attack through the air. And we've they've proven that because they've given those guys time, rest, snaps off, vet days, all of that, and have still been able to produce in the passing game over the course of the uh, over the course of training camp. And you might ask, well, what does that tell you about the New Orleans Saints defense? Look, the defense is making plays too. Let's not pretend like it's just the offense that's winning, right? The offense might win in the lighter downs in terms of seven on sevens, but the defense will come back during teams, just like we saw on Wednesday after Demario Davis challenged the offense, basically saying, yeah, all right, we see you winning in seven on sevens, but come see us in teams and see what happens. That's the attitude of the New Orleans Saints right now. They're doing a lot of things right. And if results are what matters when it comes to game action, we get to see some of those results finally on Saturday. See if these guys can put it together under the lights. There's a lot of reason to be excited about what we've seen so far in New Orleans Saints practices. Coming up next, New Orleans Saints running back competition, particularly at RB3 behind Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram has been, has brought a lot of intrigue for New Orleans Saints fans. Today, a big piece of progress in terms of the battle there thinning that leads to us getting a little bit closer to knowing where that running back competition stands going into the first preseason game. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On at Saints. And uh, we get to go through these great topics and this show every single Monday through Friday and more thanks to friends like Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And right now, all the excitement at Built Bar is around their fantastic, indulgent cookie dough chunk puff bar. So remember, the puff bars are the ones that have the marshmallow kind of base inside the fluffy marshmallowy goodness that's there that's got this these chunks of cookie dough on top covered in 100% chocolate it just doesn't get any better than that so if you're a marshmallow fan a cookie dough fan a chocolate fan or all of the above those cookie dough puff bars are right there in your wheelhouse and it's not just them it's the standard protein bars as well like mint brownie which is my absolute favorite along with peanut butter brownie cherry barcia and a bunch of other delicious flavors that you can find that are high in protein high in fiber but low in sugar low in calories but high in deliciousness is the best way that i could say it these protein bars are absolutely phenomenal you've seen a lot of folks have already tried them out have shouted out on twitter have mentioned in the youtube comments all that don't miss out head over to built.com today and try them for yourself and don't forget to use the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off of your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com.
right, family. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. We're going to be getting your questions here from the live show from earlier today here in just a moment. But first, I want to discuss this running back three battle as well as a couple of other roster moves that the New Orleans Saints have made. But the headline of those roster moves is that the Saints have moved on from running back Malcolm Brown. He was released or waived earlier today on Wednesday which has a big impact on the running back room right now because it effectively thins that competition. I mean, we know Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are your top two running backs there, but if the Saints were to keep just three or four running backs, who are the third and fourth guys? If they keep only three, who is the third guy? So this now thins that conversation to veterans Divine Azigbo, Tony Jones Jr., and Dwayne Washington, as well as undrafted free agent rookie Abram Smith. For me, the leader in that pack right now is Divina Zigbo. Divina Zigbo came in from the Nebraska Cornhuskers a few years ago to the New Orleans Saints as an undrafted free agent rookie. He ended up being able to uh, see some opportunities elsewhere, including the Jacksonville Jaguars, but eventually ended up back with the New Orleans Saints. He was with the New Orleans Saints as recent as last year, catching passes in that Seattle Seahawks game last year and now is back with the team and so far has looked like the most versatile back in training camp thus far that can produce consistently constantly finding the right holes good vision very powerful runner right he can run between the tackles but he can get outside for you as well and he's showing what he can do and how he has developed his route tree as well but speaking of developing route trees tony jones jr who had a little bit of a disappointing season in terms of the expectations that were levied for him last year in 2021. Saints moving on for Latavius Murray in his favor. He had a great training camp, great preseason, great week run, week one, but then injury set in and turned his 2021 into a lesser amount of production than maybe he himself, as well as the New Orleans Saints and many fans expected. But Tony Jones Jr. has looked pretty good. He's running wheel routes now. He's running choice routes out of the backfield. He had a big screen pass that he housed on Wednesday. So he's probably next in that conversation. Dwayne Washington, of course, brings you that veteran experience. He knows the system very well. He's been with the New Orleans Saints for some time now, several years, and has been a special teams ace over the course of that time. Meanwhile, Baylor running back uh, and former linebacker at Baylor as well, Abram Smith, has shown you everything that he's been able to put out on the field as well. He's kind of been stuck with the third team a little bit, but expect to see his reps as well as his positioning climb if he can have Uh, A pretty good Saturday up against the Houston Texans as he heads back to Texas. So those are the four guys right now that are battling for potentially one spot remaining in that running back room behind Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, who will come out on top. The preseason will be a big part of that, as Dennis Allen explained. But if you're asking me so far when it comes to training camp, Divina Zigbo is at the top of that list for now. But hey, still a lot of time for things to change. It is still early after all. Will the New Orleans Saints keep a fullback on top of that? Adam Prentice has been somebody that all these running backs have raved about and how much they've loved running behind him as an addition, as a fullback that actually feels more like an additional offensive lineman. Tony Jones Jr. basically saying, hey, yeah, he'll go out there and lay. Oh, no, it's actually Divine Sigbo who said, oh, yeah, Adam will go out there and lay everything on the line for you. Make sure you get that extra yard. We've even seen Adam Prentice getting some carries over the course of camp, too. So now let, let me not get too excited about fullback right now, but the running back conversation is getting all the more intriguing with Malcolm Brown being let go. A couple of other roster moves took place on Wednesday as well, proved to be a busy day for the New Orleans Saints. Safety Bryce Thompson was waived with an injury designation. Remember, he went down with an injury after uh, on Tuesday's practice that was 
I mean, pretty clearly a serious injury. Uh, They ended up having to cart him off. Usually when a player gets released or waived with an injury designation like that, if they don't get claimed off of waivers, which is usually unlikely, they'll end up reverting to uh, injured reserve. So that will add Bryce Thompson's name to the injured reserve list, along with guys like DeMarco Jackson and Dylan Mabin and others. Uh, This is exactly what happened with Dylan Mabin, actually, as well. He was waived with an injury settlement or injury um, designation a few days ago, and then a day after or two days after ended up reverting to injured reserve after not being claimed off of waivers. And we expect that that same thing will happen with Bryce Thompson. To fill that spot at safety, the New Orleans Saints bring back Jack Kerner, the former Iowa Hawkeye undrafted free agent rookie. He actually spent OTAs, mini camps, things like that with the New Orleans Saints, was waived just before training camp began, but now he's back in the building and gets an opportunity to uh, fight for depth, fight as a potential special teamer, fight for a potential practice squad spot, all of that. I think Bryce Thompson was on his way to at least the very least, the very, very least, a practice squad spot. So maybe Jack Kerner can go ahead and get himself into that area as well. So another Iowa Hawkeye now in the building in Jack Kerner. You'll see him out on the field very likely starting Uh, tomorrow and you'll probably uh, or for practice if you're out there and you'll probably see him as soon as Saturday's preseason game as well and as mentioned earlier the New Orleans Saints bringing in another quarterback wisely KJ Costello the former Mississippi State quarterback who absolutely torched the LSU Tigers a few years ago in a game that I will never be able to get out of my memory Uh, but uh, great to see the Saints bringing in another quarterback he's somebody that very likely is you know, going to be around for training camp and things like that. He's got a really good opportunity here. Maybe it opens up another opportunity for him to land on a practice squad elsewhere. But I think that your quarterbacks are pretty set in New Orleans, but they're wisely taking some of these reps off of Andy Dalton and Ian Book's shoulders, but making sure that they're maintaining the volume of passing, they're maintaining the volume of throws that are going to this extremely, extremely talented group of pass catchers that we just highlighted earlier on in the show. So this was a wise decision while uh, Jameis Winston is still on the sideline and is going to get a little bit of a ramp up here as, as, as he looks to return very likely after the preseason game. For right now, the Saints bring in KJ Costello to help to spread the wealth when it comes to uh, the arm usage and the throwing and all the things that happen all throughout training camps. This was a smart, smart, smart decision by the New Orleans Saints. The next position that I wouldn't be surprised to see the New Orleans Saints add another face to would, of course, be linebacker as the Saints are dealing with uh, a good bit of thinning at that position. Pete Warner back out on Wednesday with his groin injury. So we're now seeing that become a recurring theme for Pete Warner. Uh, We have, uh, you know, we watched DeMarco Jackson head to injured reserve, the rookie linebacker out of App State who, you know, had a lot of high hopes around him. He's now out for the season. That means the end of his season. We won't see him again until the offseason of 2023. Zach Vaughn has been uh, missing from action. He's been MIA over the course of the past few weeks. We know that he's dealing with an injury, though, and ho- or not past few weeks, but probably the past week in a little bit. Uh, you know, he's dealing with an injury. It's not like he just isn't showing up or anything like that. But the New Orleans Saints are certainly thinning at that position. So it would be surprised you know, to see the next time we go over some roster moves, linebacker being one of those spots that gets addressed. The Saints have some of these guys like Jonathan Bostic, as well as um, Anthony Hitchens and Joe Schobert that they visited with over the course of the offseason so far. Maybe one of them ends up getting the phone call. We'll discuss that a bit more and break down where the New Orleans Saints should go next at linebacker as we get to your questions from the live chat from earlier today, including 
a running back that could potentially play linebacker as well. I'll tell you why we very likely won't be seeing that happen uh, here for the New Orleans Saints as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Let's get it, Huda Nation. Wrap it up today's episode of Locked on Saints with your questions from our live show. We do our live shows following each and every one of the New Orleans Saints training camp days. We'll have another live show tomorrow afternoon. That one will probably start off on, on Thursday. That one will probably start off a little bit late as I'm heading over to Francesca's right after practice to do the uh, ESPN Radio NOLA um uh, remote show there. So I'll probably be getting to the live show a little bit later, but once I get home, we'll definitely be up and running. But the uh, most asked position, most asked about position over the course of our live show earlier today was of course, linebackers. We got a couple of questions here from West Bank, uh, Rick, but they came from several different uh, uh, folks that were watching, asking very similar questions. And the first of which we'll start here. Should the New Orleans Saints be concerned about linebacker depth? Is there a reason why uh, and it also wanted to know about whether or not there was a reason why the media hasn't interviewed uh, Alvin Kamara. We interview who's given to us, the New Orleans Saints, the you know Alvin Kamara, if he's available, things like that. So the reason why we haven't seen an interview is that he hasn't been available. So that's the only thing there. But when it comes down to that linebacker depth, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to be concerned there right now, right? Like we were talking about concern on the, the Tuesday episode and we were kind of lightening it up a bit saying, you know, hey, Demario Davis, Pete Werner, Zach Bond, like, excuse me, uh, Cade Nellis. You've got your starters. Really, what the New Orleans Saints are looking for at this point is depth. But now, if Pete Werner is dealing with this groin injury that could potentially be something that rears its ugly head every now and then, now all of a sudden you're talking about a starter that you could potentially be missing at any point over the course of the regular season. So yeah, makes a lot of sense to be a little bit concerned about linebacker depth. You still have some talent there. Zach Bond is familiar with the system. Hard to see exactly where he fits in outside a strong side linebacker. The Saints right now looking for middle linebacker depth behind DeMario Davis. They went out and brought in Chase Hansen, who is familiar with the system. The Saints are familiar with him. And then you have a veteran there in Eric Wilson, who I feel really, really good about, number 58 that you see on the field flying all over the place. And they've got a good player in Andrew Dowell too. But outside of that, I mean, you're still looking to see exactly like, do you have what you need even for a starting lineup as opposed to just the depth at this point, considering health is such a big question mark for you now. I mentioned Zach Bond, but when are we going to see him back out on the field? Because he's been missing for quite a while dealing with his injury as well, which is as of now uh, undisclosed. So yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense to be concerned about linebacker depth and to a- ask those questions. But one of the reasons why I highlighted just before I was stepped away there for a second was, you know, the, the guys that the Saints have brought in, Joe Schobert is somebody that could be a key depth piece for you as a rook, as a veteran depth piece, but that can also step into your starting lineup and be a bit of a playmaker. I mean, he shows you the flashes in terms of what he's been able to do over the course of his time with the uh, Cleveland Browns and the the Jacksonville Jaguars and so on. Um, Anthony Hitchens is somebody that racked up you know tons of tackles last year. Same thing for Jonathan Bostic. I think the big thing, though, is when you look at their workouts, how do they fit in in the New Orleans Saints system with the Saints need from them, all of that. All those things happen behind closed doors. So you have to imagine there's a reason why they went so far as to bring back Kiko Alonso before signing any of those guys. So we'll see. We'll see if maybe now those guys start to get those phone calls. Uh, we also got several questions about Abram Smith. Could the New Orleans Saints move Abram Smith to linebacker as he played linebacker for the first two years of his collegiate years? But let's be very clear here. He played collegiate linebacker. He played collegiate linebacker in the Big 12, which is not necessarily known for defense. 
Abram Smith is a running back in the NFL. He will be a running back. They're not going to move him to linebacker, even in the most desperate of circumstances, I would imagine, outside of an emergency linebacker situation. But I think for the New Orleans Saints, when it comes to finding a solution at the position, transitioning a running back over to that spot isn't really a solution for you. It's a Band-Aid, but it wouldn't be a solution. And I think even for Abram Smith, that would be something to where he really wants to compete at his natural position, which is running back. Baylor was very desperate when they moved him over there. I don't think the New Orleans Saints will be in that same position. So I wouldn't hold our breath about seeing Abram Smith playing linebacker in the NFL uh, at this point. Let's get to DJ Twig here, who also asks, who or what could the Saints trade to get Roquan Smith? So I imagine any trade to Roquan Smith would include, um, it, it would include a couple of things, right? You, you probably have to move a player or two just to help a salary cap situation you certainly are going to build that trade around draft picks, right? So you're looking at, you know, third, fourth round draft picks, things like that in terms of what the New Orleans Saints have at their disposal, and then some players to help out with that. You're probably also asking the Chicago Bears to restructure or do something to Roquan Smith's contract so you can get him to New Orleans under the salary cap, and then you can restructure his contract further once he arrives in New Orleans. So that becomes the trickier part too, is that you're also asking for a little bit of a favor from the Chicago Bears to make that happen. And so I think that becomes the other big sort of bargaining tool when it comes to getting Roquan Smith in New Orleans. So that's the big extra piece there. He signed a four-year, $18 million contract uh, with the uh, with the Chicago Bears, and he's still on that deal, right? He's still on that deal. His salary cap this year is, uh, his base salary this year is $9.7 million, which is also his cap hit. So you're none of it's guaranteed at this point in terms of like what you're sitting on there, but you, that's pretty much what you're looking for, right? And then you're going to have to give him a contract after that as well. You're not going to get Roquan Smith on a rental, right? He's going to want to play for a team that's going to give him a long-term contract as well. It's one of the reasons why he wants out of Chicago. So you can't ask him to do the same thing for the team that he gets traded to and taking non-guaranteed money from Chicago and converting it into guaranteed money on their books and then getting him to trade to you. You're going to have to give up a little bit extra in order to make that happen as well. Uh, Let's get to uh, Damian uh, Richard or Damian Richard, uh, who asks, has Trevor Penning improved? So Trevor Penning had a little bit of an up and down day. I will say that we haven't seen any type of like fights or extracurricular activity, even any kind of tussles or like little extra back and forths or anything like that so far with Trevor Penning since he and Malcolm Roach were asked to leave practice after a fight that they had. There was a fight in th- uh, Wednesday's practice, but that one was between tight end J.P. Holtz as well as defensive end Taco Charlton. Trevor Penning was not a part of that but Penning, uh, you know, lost a couple of reps today. He lost one to Carl Granderson that you could see he was clearly frustrated with himself about, but we've also seen him win a lot of reps and be just absolutely lethal in the run game. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch on Saturday. Um, look, we've only seen, what, five or six padded practices so far, so the real improvement tracking for Trevor Penning begins on Saturday when we get to see him in full speed, full contact action. But there are some people who believe that the battle between Trevor Penning and James Hurst is a lot closer than it seems. And we'll get to our final question here. Uh, With all the debt that the New Orleans Saints have, uh, do you think that they will extend C.D. Deuce, C.J. Gardner-Johnson? If the New Orleans Saints want to extend C.J. Gardner-Johnson, they'll find a way to do it regardless of how much money they've kicked down the road already. That's not going to be an issue for the New Orleans Saints at all. That won't be the thing that keeps them from doing it. What will keep them from doing it is that they've either set a price that 
the team wants you know one price, but then the player and his representation want a different price. There's uh, going to be kind of a balance of role and price that the New Orleans Saints are always going to walk the line of. They've done that time and time again as well. And then, of course, anything going on in terms of the extracurriculars around C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who you know has been somebody that has gone on Twitter and fired off about you know the the team and about um, you know what coaches are saying and what media is saying and stuff like that. Some of that stuff can get in the way in terms of your contract negotiations and all. It can kind of lighten your leverage a little bit. Look, I think C.J. Gardner-Johnson deserves an extension. I think that he deserves to be paid. I think that he's one of the best players at his position when it comes to slot corner in the NFL. But I don't know that the NFL knows how to pay slot corners yet. That's a big part of the conversation, too. Where do you pay these guys? Do you pay him like a safety? Do you play him like pay him like a corner? Do you pay him like a like kind of a dime linebacker? Like, where do you really pay? Where's the value of his role coming from in terms of the market? And I think that might be some of the uh, stalemate that might be available or that might explain some of the holdup when it comes to these contract negotiations. So I think there's a lot of things that get in the way, but I promise you one thing that won't get in the way, other contracts and what the New Orleans Saints have in terms of debt in the future. If they want to get this job done, they'll get it done with CJ Gardner-Johnson, just like they would with any other player. And they can also specifically build his contract in such a way that it's sort of previously planned with a roster bonus to be restructured to help with their salary cap issues in the future, or not even issues, but their salary cap plan in the future as well. So they could use him as a mechanism to restructure at a later time. So lots of different tips and tricks that the New Orleans Saints could pull off to get CJ Gardner-Johnson signed. There's just a lot of other question marks that could potentially halt that process. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day and for being here for another episode of Locked on Saints. Make sure you come through for the live show tomorrow, keeping you updated with everything that you need to know around your New Orleans Saints. And then we'll get to our evening episode and our Friday episodes, which will get you at least uh, at that point, six players that you should be keeping an eye out on when it comes to the Saints and Texans preseason game. So a lot more on the way for you here as the week wraps up at New Orleans Saints training camp and that Houston Texans preseason game this weekend right around the corner. Thanks again for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, a part of your routine, saying yes to the show, saying yes to me. One more big shout out to Kim and Soren for saying hi over at training camp. And as always, y'all, if you see me, say hi. And for everything you need in between these episodes on your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.